0: You know, it's always very interesting for me to ask the question of, should we be focused on the process or should we be focused on the results? Or is there some kind of mix in between process and results that we can use to to help us even more than one or the other? And what's quite interesting as well is that a lot of the times, because of our perception, we are blind to our strengths, really. So I want to take you through on this episode of neural resilience I want to take you through something that I do with a lot of my clients. Um now I do this um just to give you a little bit of background I do this with my clients after after I've already been through two other phases with them. And so what I'm sharing with you today could be muddled up. So it does depend. So feel free to ask me any questions at any point in time that it becomes a little bit muddled or anything like that but let's let's dive in and let's talk about it. So usually what I do with my clients is that I go through phase one. We need to understand what is your hardwired resistance. You know, what are those automatic responses that you go to the autopilot ways of proving and defending your worth in order to ensure safety, security, acceptance from the tribe. We need to know what those are so we can identify signs that you're going there. Okay. Or that. What you want is based out of that because we need to update that. We have to, you know, if you got everything that you ever wanted when you were a kid, you would probably still be, well, I mean, I know I would be at least, you know, I'd be living at my parents' house. Well, why would I want to move out? Because as a kid, you know, like my parents are so convenient to have around me and all that kind of stuff. And there's a certain amount of, um, you know, having that, Safety, security blankets, that comfort that's there. But I'd probably, you know, have a room that's kitted out with all the gaming stuff. Why? Because gaming was fun. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean into work. Who would? Who would? If you could live a life where you didn't think about money, who would work? It's, it's very interesting to see that type of situation. But ultimately, you know, we have to push ourselves into places that we don't want to go. And that's where the most, growth for us actually happens, actually happens. So, you know, you've got to know your hardwiring because that's going to show us like maybe you've got some motivations or maybe you've got responses to stress that are out of whack. So if you're interested in that, I would highly recommend you check out the previous episode to this. Um, You know, it's all about that. And there's links below that episode specifically to the personality assessments that I use To know that, and I would highly recommend that you make sure that you do a reading either with me or another person who is qualified to do that reading for you. Okay, Um, yeah, it's it's very insightful, and I use it, like I say, with all my clients, executive and you know non-executive alike. Okay, so what we're talking about here with regard to you know um, process versus results and the phases that I take my clients through. So I've already defined phase one, know your resistance phase two. I usually go through a lot of the positive resources that I work with a client through those positive resources are really trying to help a client to create an alternative automated way of working that actually allows them to, uh, to come at situations with clear minds and actually with a lot of happiness, a lot of opportunistic thinking, collaborative thinking. Okay the phase three that I run people through is always this concept of, all right, we are going to do this thing where we look at your life in its entirety and we will write out all of the accomplishments, all of the things that you have achieved, all of the things that you could write down if your life was like a bullet point list of what you did. Understand that moving from one place to another place is just a change in chapter. It's not really an accomplishment unless it was a hard-won accomplishment. You know. So for, ex- for example, for me, the first moves that I took were hard-won. Like I remember leaving South Africa when I was 20, flying on a plane to England with 100 pounds in my pocket and pretty much everything I owned in the backpack that was in the cargo hold. And that was it. And I cried on my way over there. And thank God for my friend, Stephen, who waited at the airport. I think the flight was delayed between four and seven hours or something stupid, literally waited at the airport for me, uh, for me to land. And when I landed, you know, he basically gave me sanctuary for, for a weekend where I could gather my thoughts. And then he put me on a a train to where I needed to go. And, you know, so that was a hard one thing. And after that, every other travel that I did, every other trip that I did, I went to Indonesia, then I went to France, then I went to Argentina, then I went to Thailand. And each of those was for a year each. And then, you know, I left London, um, you know, forever, basically five years ago. And I traveled to the U.S. with absolutely no idea how I was going to stay here or anything like that. I just knew that there was a relationship there here that I wanted to Um, to give my all to. And here I am five years later, you know, happily married and, you know, taking that chance actually was a lot easier because I had gone through these different things. And so I would say that only the first one counts as a major life accomplishment. But even then, you know, I don't see it as something like that, but others do. And so this is one of the concepts that I get my clients to think about is that perception of something. Is relative. What do I mean by that? Perception of something is relative. That is, something that you think is difficult, others might think is easy, and vice versa. Okay, so everything is relative. So all the things that you may not see as accomplishments, other people would look at you and be like, wow, I see you as this person. These are the things that you've shared are major accomplishments." And so it blew me away the first time I heard this because, for example, just with uh, physical training, you know, I don't see myself as anything special. I have potted around with various training ideas and, um, you know, as time's gone on, it's become easier for me to train and actually more enjoyable, excuse, oof, that was a great breakfast, more enjoyable for me to train you know, to the point where now I'm running, um, at least four times a week. My longest run is a, is an hour on a Saturday, no matter how far I run, I run for an hour. Um, and you know, to the point where running f- five kilometers used to be like the longest run I could ever do. Now it seems to be the average run for myself. And that's quite interesting. That's quite, I would have never put myself there. I never in a million years. And even though I think that I'm much more of a, you know, a mind oriented person, I'm all about perspective, you know, people keep saying to me things of, along the physical where they're like, wow, you're really focused on your health. You know, you train very well. You're very disciplined. That type of comment shows that perception is relative. And maybe I need to own this accomplishment as well and be like, okay, just because my perception of it is that I'm falling forward and I'm falling on my face a lot, and I'm failing a lot. Actually, the fact is, is that I have been able to achieve these things. And it could be the task, and it could be the process. It doesn't matter what it is. So what are, if you could write down the top five accomplishments that were hard won things in your mind, that might have seemed like you were just failing forward, but the concept is, is that you did achieve things. So what are they? What are they? One of them I've already mentioned to you. Traveling, completely leaving my country at the age of 20 with nothing but 100 pounds in my pockets. And then not coming back. And along the way, a lot of people supported me. And there's a lot of like conditions attached to that. But ultimately, I did that. Yeah, I needed help. But no one is self-made. There's a lot of support out there. None of it was intentional either. If I had my intentions, I would have come back after three months and bought a house if everything had worked out like I planned, but nothing worked out like I planned. So best laid plans, you know, what do they say? Man plans and God laughs. So there's that. The second thing that I think I'm very proud of is that, um, you know, I got my master's degree when I was in my 30s. I went back to school and I got a master's degree. Cool. That's what it says on paper. Master's degree at age, I think it was 34. I'm not too sure anymore. Um, but what I was also very proud of is the fact that um and this is thanks to my uh my one of my line managers at the time and she said to me like, "Well, don't stress about, you know, doing your assignments. Why don't you just take a weekend off and just dedicate that weekend to writing your assignment." So, you can't necessarily expect yourself to write for one hour a day, so just do it all in one weekend. And what I started doing was doing all my masters assignments and uh, exams and final papers and things like that on um, a weekend, on a Sunday, and literally sitting down, non-stop typing for three hours. And ultimately, I did that with my dissertation as well. I'm not necessarily proud of the fact that i i just got a passing grade and i didn't get like a great grade or anything like that but i also didn't give a a damn about my master's degree because i was doing it just so i could say i've got a master's degree and um you know get it for the visas that i wanted to have and of course stupidly found out afterwards that the master's degrees don't count for visas so there you go but anyway so i got my master's degrees and i wrote my my dissertation in five days you know which Apparently, it's quite an accomplishment, but I only wrote one draft, number one. Number two is I barely passed that dissertation, but I passed. So I'm very happy about that. And of course, people say to me, wow, just imagine if you put in a little bit more effort. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I got extra percent that I didn't need to get. So what if I put in less effort and still passed? Because no one says, hey, you got a master's degree. What was your grade? (laughs) So I think the minimum effective master's degree was something that i'm very proud of you know um and then i think you know i could i could go into multiple other things but ultimately the master's degree was something that was very painful for me it was something that was hard won because i just didn't want to do it i actually had to convince myself um at the end to even just you know do the dissertation i was actually going to drop out because i was like i don't want to do this. It's three years of my life part-time of just thinking about the next assignment. Oh, what a pain in the butt, but I did it. And of course I had a lot of support along the way. So, you know, everything from the scouting awards and all the achievements that I got before I was, you know, 18 years old as a scout, which were hard won as well. You know, I got five different water basically water vehicle licensing. So, you know, canoeing, advanced canoes, rowing, um, sailing, and then the advanced sailing as well. Um, you know, the advanced rowing as well, you know, those things, meaning that, um, you know, proficiency with each of those, as well as being able to take people out and instruct them on those types of things. Oh, I lie. I lie. I apologize. Uh we didn't actually complete the advanced canoeing one. Uh, And I say canoeing because that's what we called it. But of course, the difference between a kayak and a canoe is important. And kayaking is what it actually was. Whereas canoe is, um, you know, much more, uh, it's open and, you know, it's a single paddle on one side and you can stand up in it. Whereas a kayak is like, you know, you're sealed in and you can, you can do a roll on the water with it as well. That kind of stuff, you know. Anyway, moving on as I was talking about. So. One of the other things about life's accomplishments is very interesting, where it becomes something that builds your confidence, achieving the goals that define you. So that means doing your things in your way. There was a very interesting quote that I heard recently, which is, the longer you stay in someone else's shadow, the longer it's going to take for you to cast your own shadow. I'll say that again, the longer it takes you to get out of someone else's shadow, the longer it takes you to cast your own shadow. So the simple point is that achieving the goals that are meaningful to you, achieving the goals that are meaningful to you, how you achieve that goal? How do you achieve that goal? So, you know, it's great to say that I achieved a, a certain goal, but If everyone thinks that that's a good goal and everyone thinks that that's the good way to achieve that goal as well, you know, is that meaningful for you? How meaningful is it? Like, what's the way that you want to do it? And that's what ultimately comes back is that whatever you do, do it in your way. And that's a great way to go for long-term fulfillment. You know, yes, still try and achieve a goal, but the process because you are doing it in your way, it becomes long-term fulfillment. And the results, the achievement, the, uh, the goals being ticked, that all is a side product of you enjoying the process. And if you aren't enjoying the process, but you need to get something done, you have to, that leads to much more short-term safety, but long-term, um, let's say, lack of fulfillment. And so what I'm trying to promote here is this idea of fall in love with the process whereby your goals will naturally spring out of that process. So I think focus on the process, your relationship to the process, and the goals will come naturally out of that. So let's say if your goal is to become a millionaire, well, cool, what's the process to become a millionaire? If you hate the process, the chances of you becoming a millionaire become diminished. Greatly. But if you love the process and you become a millionaire, great. Tick that box, but you're also not going to care so much about it. But obviously, perception is relative. Still own that. Still own that. Still acknowledge that. Still take that as this is something that you've accomplished. Okay. So the exercise that I take people through is to write down their accomplishments and own the perception of those accomplishments. Like for you, it didn't seem like you accomplished anything, but actually you've got something that others think is valuable, that that is an accomplishment. And I think that that is the biggest difference between your goals versus things that you've accomplished by accident is the simple matter of, did you enjoy the process? So me traveling at the age of 20 with a hundred pounds in my pocket, I hated every minute of it. If I could have snapped my fingers magically and changed the whole process, I would have but my my perception was that I was doing something I didn't want to do, that I had to do, because if I hadn't done it, um you know if i if I let me put it, if I didn't have to do it, um I would have stayed in South Africa. I would have stayed in the life that was was laid out for for South Africans, and again, living in the shadow of, let's say, the expectations of um, South African accomplishments or achievements. And, you know, I left that, absolutely left that. Now that I'm older, now I see like, oh, okay, well, I need money. Okay, cool. Well, what is a way that I can fall in love with the process of making money? And so building a business has been one of the most rewarding things. As painful as it is, leaning into it, getting the experience of this is what it looks like and falling in love with the process. So that goes back to my quotes from last week's episode on um on my quotes and a very simple point is number one fall in love with the process number two is just keep going and number three is don't think one day think day one and that's it that's it for me so yeah if you enjoyed this episode let me know communicates it's always good it's always fun Let me know what more things would serve you. What are you struggling with at the moment? What perceptions do you have that you find you just can't break? Give us some feedback. Let's talk about it. Until the next episode. Ciao for now.